0: Places. Everyone. We're now broadcasting. Roll the tape in. Three. Two. A new audio drama. Appaloosa Radio is where stories come alive. The Church Going Horses, by, Nell Trustman. The very first, so-called western ghost town that I ever actually visited was Columbia, which was dubbed the gem of california's mining towns by the local chamber of commerce my husband's family owned some property nearby and there was considerable discussion about turning the old nearly abandoned town into a california state park he wanted to go up and see what was happening so in may 1941 he flew his small plane up from our home in newport beach to the tiny airport in jackson and he invited me along with the proviso that I bring no luggage. I stuffed some nylons and extra undergarments in my purse and off we went. We were able to hire a car from the local Ford dealer, and spent three days sniffing things out. Always the newspaper reporter, my husband, Nolan me, used the trip to interview some of the old sourdoughs and then wrote a very nice piece about the lynching of one bad hombre named, John Barkley. I say nice because my husband had an excellent eye for detail in his writing. The incident itself was gruesome and Nolan's story is probably best viewed today as a piece of Halloween horror. Columbia, the old western ghost town seemed to energize Nolan. He kept saying, so many stories, such a rich history. However, to be quite honest the collection of decrepit and crumbling buildings left me I had grown up in New England, and probably would have stayed on the Yankee seacoast my whole life had I not met this handsome newspaper guy from California. I loved the time we had spent together sailing on his boat, down the Atlantic coast, through the Panama Canal, up along Mexico's Pacific coast, and into California. For me, true adventure came with waves, and salt air, and always happened in faraway places. My first impression of Columbia as a place was that there seemed to be nothing there. Some scrub oak trees, a mishmash of buildings. Some modern and some looked like they came straight from a western movie set. Also some rusty equipment that no one had carted away. Compared to the real history found in Boston or Philadelphia, the dilapidated mining town seemed to me to be a nothing. I asked myself, Why would the state of California spend its tax dollars to make this place into a historical state park? My lack of enthusiasm did nothing to dissipate Nolan's intense fervor. On the flight back, he said, wonderful place. Too bad you did not like it. As I shared earlier, that trip was in May of 1941. Then the war intervened. By Valentine's Day 1942, Nolan Trustman was a Marine Corps officer, completing flight school at the top of his class. Over the next two years, he flew 48 successful combat missions over the Pacific, but was killed on his 49th. I still say that 49, not 13, is the unluckiest of all numbers. Nolan was killed in a far-off place that I had never heard of. It took me a half hour to find it on the world map at the public library. I share these details, because in all of my travels throughout the western states, covering well over 300,000 very rugged miles, I never once returned to Columbia. Since my initial visit, it had, indeed, become a California historic state park. Thousands of tourists, and history buffs, came every year. But I stayed away. In fact, I never ventured close, avoiding Angel's Camp. Plymouth, Yankee Hill. Jamestown, Jackson, and Sonora. Then in 1958, a terrible wildfire swept through Tuolumne County. I was concerned about the well-being of one of Nolan's elderly relatives and I called her niece to inquire about her. The elderly relative was fine, the niece said, but, Miss Emma has been asking about you. She knows that you write stories about the old mining towns, but you have never asked about hers. Properly shamed. I drove up the very next week. This is one of Miss Emma's stories. Miss Emma was raised on the family's dairy farm about four miles from Columbia. The dairy had begun in the 1850s with three cows that had followed the family's covered wagon from Indiana. With the sky-high prices for daily stables at the region's mining camps, it was easy to make a substantial income with just a handful of cows. At its peak, the dairy had a herd of 20 cows, and one, very cantankerous, bull. In 1892, when Miss Emma was nine, a wildfire swept through to Alami County, destroying a number of buildings on the outskirts of the now abandoned town of Columbia. This fire kept growing and growing and by the third day, it moved north toward the valley where Emma's family dairy farm was. Then the fire moved south over the next bridge. The family was aware, but not overly concerned. They knew that wildfires do strange and unpredictable things. A fire might go completely around one property, bringing no damage, but then wholly engulf a neighboring one. Be aware, but never panic, the old timers would say. However, in this fire, the wind shifted suddenly and the fire spread very quickly back over the ridge toward both toward the farmhouse and the dairy's barns. Emma's mother grabbed her three children and ran for safety to the farm's spring house. In the cool wet place, they were safe from the flames. But when they emerged, both the house and the barns were obliterated. Emma's older half-brother had been in the cow barn, milking cows when the fire roared through. They found his charred body under a roof beam that had fallen. They also found the burned bodies of the four cows that he had placed in the milking hoods so he could begin milking them. The milking barn had been utterly destroyed. Next to the milking barn was the horse barn where the two spotted greys were kept alongside the Sunday buggy. The, The horse barn was also utterly destroyed. Even the wheels of the buggy had been so burned that only the iron rims remained. But, to everyone's surprise, the two horses that had been locked in their stalls were gone. Not burned and destroyed, but missing. Not there. And, the nine other cows that had been in the close paddock, ready for their morning milking in the small pen. They too were missing. Not there. Miss Emma remembered all of the neighbors coming to help, and she remembered the funeral for her older half-brother. He had been only fifteen. However, the most amazing part of Emma's story happened in front of the white-framed church that the family regularly attended. Two days after the fiery inferno subsided, the two spotted grey horses appeared in front of the church. They stood together at the hitching rail as they always had. Of course, there was no buggy behind them, and they had no harness, but they were standing there just as they always did. Another amazing fact that Miss Emma reported, it was Sunday, the fire had been on Friday, and the two horses showed up at church on Sunday morning, on time for the regular services. They did not have services that day because of the fire, but the church's deacon came by just to make sure everything was still all right. That is when he saw the horses, standing at the rail as they had done every Sunday. I was busy writing down what Miss Emma was telling me she paused and I thought the story was over but she still had more then about two hours later the nine milk cows showed up in front of the same white church somehow the two horses had loosed themselves from their locked stalls and then navigated safely through the inferno to the little church they knew so well and from some distance behind The milk cows followed the horses. I closed my notebook. Miss Emma did have a remarkable story to share. But one question remained. Miss Emma, what happened to your pap in all of this? Did he survive? Until that point, Miss Emma had been eager to tell the story. Now, she began to look down and speak in a slower, much softer voice. Pap was gone when all this happened. Gone. Do you mean dead? No. Gone. Not there. She continued, My pap had always been a very Christian man. He read his Bible every day and always said prayers before he went to bed. He never, ever missed a Sunday going to church. Then when I was about eight, she added in an even quieter voice, He just left. I woke up one morning and he was gone. Mama never said anything, but I could tell that she was really sad. Oh. Then about a year after the terrible fire, Pap came back home. Never said why he had gone away. She was remembering his return with a bittersweet taste. When he came back, he rebuilt the dairy farm and started going back to that same church but he never said why he had gone away. Never. But he came back, I added. In the quietest of voices, Miss Emma said, Yeah, just like the horses. A Palooza Springs Audio Theatre is a creative collaboration, whose purpose is to write, produce, and share original story content through webcast radio experiences. The Church Going Horses. By Nell Trustman.